every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Welcome to another edition of First Draft. Two things. One, we have a mock draft to actually talk about. Two, the author of that mock draft, Todd McShay, having some technical difficulties today, and he's actually on the phone. Uh, Mel, this is actually an improvement, though, because the last time we did a first draft a couple weeks ago, Todd had a fever of 114 and was coughing all over the studio. There was guys in hazmat suits cleaning it out before I got here. So. I know the Grinch stole Christmas. The Grinch came and affected Todd's <laughs> ability to... <laughs> Not where he is right now on the phone. Yeah. I'll tell you, Todd, how you feeling, pal? You you feel okay I about feel your great. first mock number I, one? I feel I feel great physically. I'm surprised that I didn't get Sprout sick. Sprout, you're all right. You you feeling good? Uh, honestly, right after that, I I went and like drank a ton of like tea. You know, yeah. hot lemon. I I, uh, I tried to cleanse. So no, we'll t- Lar- Laramie got the best of me. Laramie, Wyoming was uh was hard on the health. All right, you're not going to use that. You're not going to use that as an excuse about mock number one now that you were impacted by your health situation, are you? Um, no, although it's it's always a fluid situation, Mel, as you as you well know. <laughs> That's why I don't do it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is this is brutal. This is hard, man. Three of the four first four teams: Cleveland at one, San Fran at two, and Chicago at four. All need a quarterback, and I I there's, I just couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I didn't pull the trigger until thirty. So. So I I was sh- I would, that's, surpri- that's, that's one of the things, and Chris will talk about surprise. That's one thing. Did you ever were you ever tempted to have Trubisky? Because we've already chronicled all the stretches and reaches for quarterbacks, and Trubisky is a talented kid. Do we all agree if he goes back, could be the number one pick next the following year? Were were, were there any teams that were tempting? I think he's. Say, good. Listen, no, I think he's good. I think he's good. I don't. I don't think he's elite. I you know I I just I struggled not. I honestly, I was yeah, but who is at this day and age, Todd? Yeah, that's true. But uh, I struggled more. I, let's put it this way: I was closer to not having a quarterback in it than I was to moving a quarterback up in, into the top fifteen in the first half of the first round. Quarterback okay. free first round. It could be um, 1996. 1996. Now, I want to run through this. We're going to kind of race through. And I want to set something up. Todd, just tell me if I'm right. We've been working together for long enough where I think I have the idea of what this first mock is. For fans, remember, this is the first mock. We force Todd to do it. We hold his ear to the stove until it's done. And, yeah, and also remember, prior, so our people, these our guys, know. not every one of these guys is committed to the draft. We don't know that till mid-January, so exactly. there's projection there. Right. So if, if I'm just... Just remind us that I always get the sense of this first mock is you are trying to line up 32 players that you think are first-round type players a little bit more than your it's, – it's not like you've had an hour to talk to the Browns and go through their preferences. This is guys that exactly. you think are first-rounders. Yeah, and, and somewhere, for, for whatever reason, that, that position typically uh, either – Either it's a major value and you would take a, a player like a pass rusher because you can't have enough of them. Or yeah. I'm trying to plug in a position that 
whether it's because of an undrafted free agent, a guy's going to be an undrafted free agent at that position, or a position where they're they're struggling, trying to line up somewhere, you know, in the first five or six needs, if you will, um, what we project. But again, without free agency starting, and and not even knowing if half of these guys, I mean, literally half of these guys are underclassmen that have not declared, at least I would say. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's a lot of quote unquote projecting here, as there yeah. always is, but more more so than normal. They're all declaring now, Mel. And you know what I'm going to ask, Chris? I'm going to ask you and Todd, Todd, Todd here. If he got any calls like I always do, I always get (laughs) ripped. I always get ripped by – and I come out in January, okay? But when I do my mock, my big board, I always have things. I always get ripped by some coach for putting one of their underclassmen in the first round. Shoving them into the draft. Yeah, get them in there. Did you get any calls, Todd? Did you get any backlash or Sproul get any backlash about Todd's mock number one? I – I only got one call from a scout who thought <laughs> thought it was ridiculous that I had Jabril Peppers at number four, and it wasn't. Some, say, somebody's been riding you on Peppers too much. I'm, yeah. I'm sick of people calling you and telling you you're too. Hey, tell them when April 28th bucks, rolls around, are they still going to be talking to you about Jabril Peppers and not being a top ten pick? Uh, we'll we'll see. Probably. All right. Well, let's. Let's you know what they say then, Todd? They say, well, I didn't like them. They made a mistake. They shouldn't have taken it. Right, I don't like right, right. That's what they all say when they're wrong about where a guy's we'll, going to we'll, go. We'll, we'll yeah. see four years from now, Mel. Yeah, so, yeah we'll see April 28th because whoever that scout is, he's not going in the second round, Todd. We're going to run through this really quickly, and I just want just, just, just say, for instance, Cleveland Browns, number one, Jonathan Allen. This is one, obviously, maybe you were, oh, this could be Miles Garrett. This could be somebody else. Let's just yeah, run I through the Miles Garrett, it, 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 made, it made it easier, if I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. Yeah. It made it easier to put Miles Garrett number two because I, I didn't see San Francisco taking a, another five technique with a first-round pick yeah. as they've, they've done a couple times in recent years. So we'll see how all that shakes out. But those are two of the premier players in the class. Jacksonville with another safety at three. I felt dirty doing that, but um, isn't but Jamal they, they, Adams they, more than a safety? Todd isn't he that monster back type? Yes, he exactly. He provides more, and and um, and they need they need continued help on the defensive side. And Jamal mm-hmm. Adams, to me, is he and Peppers are the the two premier defensive backs in this class. And I had Peppers going four to Chicago, and then LeSean, um, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Tennessee has a need at, at corner, and sitting there at five, and you know. There are different. There, there's a lot of good corners in this class. If all these underclassmen wind up coming out, um, they went a little bit high in, in uh, my first round projection. But having Lattimore at number five, I don't think is is a massive reach. The only guy Leonard Fournette fell to seven after Tim Williams, the outside backer from Alabama, went six to the Jets. Um, but I I just think that's a good fit for Carolina. He he would make a lot of sense in my opinion with the, their power running style, Jonathan Stewart's injuries and salary cap. Uh, you know the the amount of money that he he cost them. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Fournette was sitting there, number seven. That would be a great pick, I think. Uh, I think for the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to run through these real quick. I'll just run through the top ten, and then Mel, you can call out where you think Todd's crazy. Though I know you like Fournette to Carolina at seven, Mister mm-hmm. Hate running back in round one. So Todd goes in his first mock 1.0 up on ESPN.com right now. Cleveland at one takes Jonathan Allen. Most people know him, all world. Watch him jumping over running backs and killing quarterbacks. San Fran at two, Miles Garrett, the all world pass rusher out of AM. Jacksonville gets Jamal Adams, the safety out of LSU. Chicago gets Jabril Peppers, the uh, do everything safety, uh, you know, box 
safety type out of Michigan. Marshawn Lattimore, a guy probably not a ton of people know yet because he's a redshirt sophomore, corner out of Ohio State, Tennessee at five. New York Jets get that pass rusher they've needed forever. Tim Williams out of Bama at six. Leonard Fournette to the Carolina Panthers at seven. Marlon Humphrey, another Bama defender to the Saints at eight. The Browns get another player. A lot of people don't know. Takaris McKinley, pass rusher, outside linebacker out of UCLA at nine. And San Diego gets Mike Williams, the stud wide receiver from Clemson at 10. Mel, what stands out? Well, I've got two guys that I've liked all along, and I was glad to see Todd had these guys getting some uh, publicity uh, for a change because nobody's really talked a lot about him. I've had this guy up as high as 8-9. He's at 14. Now, Tack McKinley, who's a very underrated player. Nobody talked a lot about UCLA because they had a bad year to even go to a bowl game. And also Marlon Humphrey, who I think is a solid, reliable Bobby Humphrey's son, third-year sophomore. If he comes out, I think he's going to go pretty high. So, Todd, you got Humphrey and Tack McKinley way up there. Yeah, McKinley – McKinley um... – Tack the sack, by the way. Tack the yeah. sack. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Tack, Tack really didn't – I didn't know a ton about him, to be honest with you, until we had the, um, the USC-UCLA game. And I watched a bunch of tape and realized, look, this, guy, this guy's a first-round talent. I mean, he's got, he's got the ability to get after the quarterback and then just his backstory and, and the character that he brings and the work ethic and everything else. I, I was really impressed, came away impressed with this guy and – you know, UCLA lost that game, and USC was on a run. But Tack was—he stood out to me as the best player on the, probably on the field when when UCLA was on defense. Certainly on UCLA's football team, um, I just—I thought he really showed a lot with his, his quick hands and his ability to rush the quarterback. But also, he's an every-down defender, a guy who steps up and plays hard versus the run. So he—he's a guy I'm, I'm guessing will continue to to move up and. It, you know, at nine, is it a little too rich? Maybe, but you, we all know pass rushers go. So I think somewhere in that middle of the first round is where he belongs. Todd, do you notice how Mel kind of says that, guys, he's been on for a while that you kind of discovered? Yeah, I mean, that's Mel's whole game. I'm, it's, <laughs> no, it's all news to me I right just, now. I didn't say, hey, see, you guys read stuff into things that are not true. I just was, <laughs> I'm well, not I was being a shriek see. here. I'm I was like, happy oh, to, Todd, that's I was nice happy that you discovered some Because yeah, sometimes Todd will tell me I'm crazy for having oh, a guy okay. way up there. And in this case, he agrees. I though, you guys are ridiculous. But I anyway. Mean, I'm just a pocket uh, psychologist. Yeah, the guy I would ask, I don't know, because Sproul went to 10, Todd. So you got to tell me where you have. I'm going to go through the just Let me ask him about two players before you get to that. I want to know where the touchdown makers are. And that's with this league, the fantasy liggers out there want to know where you have John Ross, wide receiver, Washington, and Corey Davis, wide receiver from Western Michigan. I don't think I had Corey Davis in the first round. I've no. got him more of a second rounder, but it won't shock me, if, especially if he runs the way some people think he's going to run. It wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if he gets in the first. I've got more of a day two grade on him. Um, Ross, I had going 17 to the Tennessee oh, okay. Titans. Okay. Yeah. Is that high enough for you, Mr. Kuyper? Well, it's a little higher than I thought you'd have him. I have him right now 21 on the big board. I have Davis at 22. So the fact you have a kick returner and a speed merchant like Ross, who's kind of a Deshaun Jackson type of player, coming back, came back from the ACL, you know, could have returned late, late two years ago, came back this year, was spectacular for the Huskies. No, it doesn't shock me because, uh, yeah, let's face it, after I mean, Mike Williams. Now, where do you have Mike Williams, wide receiver Clemson? Ten. I've got Jude, uh, yeah, I've got him at number 10. And then Juju Smith. Juju Smith-Schuster, the USC receiver, I've got going 22 to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went too early on O.J. Howard. That was one I've, I kind of reached for. I gave him to Miami at 16. I, I don't think he goes that high in, 
you know, it, it'll be interesting with he and, uh, and Jake Butt and uh, Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech, those three tight ends, where they come off the board. That was one guy I felt like it was a little bit of a reach. But Dalvin Cook, you know, the running backs are hard. Typically, they wind up falling a little bit. Dalvin Cook, I have in the top ten in terms of the the board, but I had him going twenty overall to the Packers, and then I told you Juju Smith Schuster had him going twenty two to Washington. Deontay Foreman, running back, going twenty five to the New York Giants. Where's your first offensive lineman coming off the board? Ooh. Um, Cam Robinson, 13. Yeah, Cam Robinson, 13 to the Colts. So let me run through these, Mel, and then we can just talk a little bit. Mm -hmm. Arizona, 11, so we have Reuben Foster. I think that's a little too low. I told Todd that on TV when we did sport. I just like – Foster's one of my favorite players. He's my Jack Conklin of this year, Todd. I I love Reuben Foster, uh, and I think you know we've seen these inside linebackers go as high as Orlando McLean did. Hightower dropped to the late first. Mosley was right around the middle, getting towards the middle of the first. And Ragland dropped, but he's not Ragland as fast. I said Foster's one of the best ten football players in this class, and and, – and he only, only fall. Only reason he's still there, and it's a steal if he is at eleven. That it's just the position. But okay. no, I, I tend to agree. I, I think he's one of the best, maybe five, seven best. I call him Thomas Davis best. Jr. Mm-hmm. All right. So running through this, Cincy, Derek Barnett, pass rusher out of Tennessee. That's at twelve. You got the offensive tackle, the Colts. Please, uh, Cam Robinson out of Bama. Buffalo Bills, another guy. A lot of people don't know. Ryan Ramchick, offensive tackle out of Wisconsin. Uh, Mel's Baltimore Ravens get a pass rusher, Charles Harris, out of Missouri at 16. Todd's reach, O.J. Howard, the tight end, out of Bama. Oh, ton of Bama going on here. 17, playmaker John Ross out of Washington has a big playoff game in front of scouts against Bama. Uh, 18, Tease Tabor, corner from the Vikings. Uh, 19, Carl Lawson, the outside linebacker for the uh, Houston Texans. And then the Green Bay Packers get Dalvin Cook at 20. What stands out? Mel, what do you think? Well, I think you look at Green Bay. If they can get a Dalvin Cook at that point, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be very happy. Uh, and I think there's always a chance the running backs, Deontay Foreman and Cook, could drop just a little bit because teams obviously have other neat areas. Uh, I think you look at that group of players. I think that, yeah, the interesting kid's going to be when you look at the corners, you know, Tabor, Humphrey, and does somebody else jump into that mix? And then the other running back being Christian McCaffrey from Stanford. Did you put McCaffrey in the first round, Todd? I did. I had him going 32 to New England. Oh, barely. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it wouldn't you know it wouldn't surprise me if he went a little bit earlier, but also wouldn't you know there's so I was going to ask you I got four running backs in the first round. Wow. What do you think? You know, it's happened before, but it hasn't happened recently. Yep. You have to go way back to 2008 when we had five running backs in five round one. Everybody knows the last four back, years. Yeah, last four years we've only had three running backs in the first round. Now we're talking about four in one year. We've had three in four years. But, yeah, I would think McCaffrey, if you look at New England, what is one thing that Belichick loves is versatility. And there's not a more versatile player in this draft than Christian McCaffrey. Bloodlines, you got to love and, that. And white skill guys. <laughs> I mean, think about and think about what he can do they for a team. Over. And you think about They're what he everywhere. can do for anybody, be it New England. I mean, with his return speed, under return skills, catching the ball, doing everything you want him to do, tremendously hard work. And I think Todd, he's going to test pretty well. I always joke with Rosillo that that Belichick, I, Belichick's won so many Super Bowls and won so many games in this league that now I think he's messing with the rest of the league. Like, listen, I can. I can even beat all of you guys with like nine white skill, skill guys. players. Yeah. Well, the thing that he I, re- needs I to remind get Toby Gerhardt. 
Yeah, and I reminded people of this yesterday doing some – you know, he didn't draft. Wes Welker ended up leaving my Miami let Wes Welker go. Danny Amendola yep. was brought into the Dallas Cowboys and let go. So, I mean, yep. they ended up with Amendola, and they ended up you know, with Welker, but they weren't the originals. They were the original with Edelman. They were not the original with Amendola and Welker, so they, they ended up with those guys. They weren't the you know, Bill Belichick-type guys coming out saying, I want him, or he might have won and didn't get him. But with McCaffrey, if he is there at the end of the first round, it would be interesting. So here's a question for you, just on the running back thing, before we run through these last 12 guys. So four in this first round, which is kind of reflective of, as we said at the outset, that these are 32 of the best players that could be in the draft. And essentially, Mm -hmm. these are the guys that you have, you know, at least something resembling a first-round grade on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do more running backs end up getting taken in the first round if more teams are just saying we're going to take the best player. I know we always hear that, but we know some teams do go need occasionally. But is is this the kind of year where we could see it because more teams are saying we're just going to take the best football player? I think there's there's two things that have to happen for a team to, to take a running back. One is obviously the talent has to be there, mm-hmm. which – Again, it is obvious, but but in years past, you know, we got so caught up because there's this two year stretch where there wasn't a running back draft in the first round. And if you looked at it, there was. It's not like a bunch of guys are sitting there that were first round talents and teams are just passed on them. Yeah, it it really lined up with the talent. But then the second part is you have to have a team with an emphasis on running the football. Not all 32 teams are gonna are are gonna be willing to take a running back in the first round. So which teams are there that would be willing to, and then how many players? I think right now I'm looking at four guys that legitimately have the ability, you know, first-round talent-wise, belong on your board in the first round. But then are there how many teams are out there like the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, um, the Rams at the time, who are willing to use a high pick or a first-round pick on a running back because it's that important in terms of what they're doing? Yeah. And, you know, to your point, Todd, it's not like there's a lot of people right now saying, you know what, it's crazy that Bishop Sankey and Gio Bernard weren't first-round picks. Right, <laughs> they, exactly. They went exactly. in the second, and you're like, well, well, Yeah, and David Johnson right. was a great third-round yep. pick for Arizona, and we look at Kenneth Dixon looking real good in Baltimore, and you look at uh, Jordan Howard as a fifth-round pick looking really good in Chicago. So some teams that, you know, they were able to get running backs at bargain points ended up doing really well. But, you're right, those four probably should go uh, in the first round. Whether they all will or not remains to be seen. But the one corner, Marshawn Lattimore, Todd, are you hearing right now, because you're all over Ohio State, and Sproul probably already knows this because he watches Ohio State 50 times a week. I know what their uh, freshmen are doing. Is Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, third-year sophomore, you think, leaning to coming out? I'm waiting on Urban's phone call. This is about the time of year, every year. Uh, Brooke Sproul has called you too, Todd. It, it Quit may, pushing these kids it may be, into the draft. Maybe after, yes, exactly, exactly. He's calling me, scream, not screaming at me, but giving me a stern talking to. I'll tell you what, Mel. I Todd, heard you had Lattimore at number five. Todd could have done more damage because there's no Malik Hooker in this first round and there's no Conley in this first well, round. He could, he could have Hooker, done damage. Malik Hooker did say he's going back, right, Todd? I, I heard he he indicated that, yes. Which is uh, a that's, good decision. Yeah, I think it's a good decision. I think he has room to develop. I think Lattimore, you could go either way. I mean, you'd like to have more game experience, but, man, he's good. <laughs> this dude All is right. talented. Let's run through just so we just so we can say that these uh, these listeners have gotten the whole – First round. Tampa Bay Bucks, Malik McDowell at Michigan State. Another reminder here. 
Todd didn't set the order. He's not saying the Bucks are going to be knocked out of the playoffs. We just took the football power index and lined it up. But Thanks, hey, bro. send us hate mail anyway. That's fine. <laughs> Washington Redskins, 22. Oh, Todd hates Washington. Juju Smith-Schuster, another uh, touchdown maker type out of uh, USC. Caleb Brantley to the Denver Broncos at 23. He's a defensive tackle out of Florida. The Lions at 24 get Gerard, Jared Davis or Gerard Davis. Am I doing that right? Out of Florida? Jared. 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 All right. I'm like Mel. I got some work to do. He couldn't spell Ziggy Ansah until April. All right. <laughs> 25. 25. New York Giants. Another running back, Deontay Foreman out of Texas. He is in the draft officially. Smart. Steelers at 26. Taco Charlton, defensive end out of Michigan. A lot of people saw Michigan, Ohio State. He was a game wrecker in that one. 27. Nine sacks in 10 games this year. Yeah. 27, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Quincy Wilson, cornerback out of Florida. I know people that think he is right there with his teammate, Tease Tabor, which is uh, high praise. Oakland Raiders at 28. Jordan Lewis, cornerback yeah. out of Michigan. I don't know that it, it felt like a little bit of a reach. I just, I just think he's such he a can, good cover corner. He just plays, man. Yeah. And Oakland's going to get a corner at some point. We know that. Seattle Seahawks at twenty nine. Todd hates the Seahawks. Obviously, they're not Super Bowl champs. I'm kidding. Mike McGlinchey, tackle out of Notre Dame. See he what he said. I mean, didn't he say he was leaning to going back to Notre Dame? Todd? Yes, yes absolutely. he is. He is leaning, but he, he's highly likely to go back. But until it's until done, they've gone back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you're going you're to you're have them do a – see, that's when Todd comes in and says, okay, you said you're going back, but I'm going to give you reason to change your mind. Todd's yeah, – but here's yeah, – Todd's yeah. uh, get, the Notre Dame Brian, offensive – Brian Kelly. Notre Dame offensive coordinator just took the Western job, so he's not going to call Todd, so we're all set there. Okay. Then finally, Sam? Kansas City Chiefs may take the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, quarterback out of North Carolina, and we wrap, wrap it up. Dallas Cowboys get a pass rusher, edge type – Solomon Thomas out of Stanford, defensive end. And then the Patriots get their white skill player, Christian McCaffrey, out of Stanford. Uh, so that's the first round. What stands out of those last uh, stretch of picks, Mel? You know, I think it's all you know lined up. I don't see anything you know crazy there. I mean, you needs are going to change. I mean, the thing that I, I think we have to get to today, and I think it, it gets to the quarterback, because that's what everybody talks about, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or a rookie quarterback coming out this year? Would you rather have Mike Glennon coming from Tampa Bay as a free agent I would than take, one of these quarterbacks? I would, take Garoppolo, I would take Garoppolo over any quarterback in this class. How about Glennon? Um, got a lot more work to do on some of these guys, like especially Trubisky, but yeah, that's a tough one, Mel. I, I'd probably take a couple of these guys over Glennon, but not – I don't want to commit to that yet. Yeah, I think Garoppolo is going to be because Cleveland is the team that has to close that gap with the other three, and they're not getting it done with RG3 and Cody Kessler right now, at least on paper, So, in the way they've looked. So I would think Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets, a team in their division, but I think if New England could make a move and get him to Cleveland, uh, that would certainly make sense. And then Mike Glennon, and then you have Jay Cutler, and then you have Tony Romo. So you've got four quarterbacks in the NFL right now that could be um, moving somewhere else. And a lot of people you – know oh, go ahead. Um, you get, <clears throat> let's see, so Arizona at 10. No, sorry, Arizona's at 11 right now. Obviously, this this can change. Um, they could take a quarterback, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati would not. Indy would not. Buffalo could. Baltimore would not. Miami would not. Tennessee, no. 
Philly, no. Houston, probably not at 19. Green Bay, no at 20. Tampa, no at 21. Washington, no, 22. Denver, 23. Get so there's there are very few teams, once you get outside of the top 10, mm-hmm. that need a quarterback, which is kind of typical in a given year. But, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Because you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you think Mitch Trubisky is a top ten pick, and and more tape I watch, maybe I'll I'll start to come to that. Well, we don't even know if he's. Well. What are we hearing now about Mitch Trubisky and his decision after know. only having thirteen career starts? Will he come out? Will he stay? What do we know? He's the I mystery right now. I've not heard. I've anything. heard nothing. I've heard absolutely nothing. So if we were all advising, if we were all sitting from, here uh, and saying, I don't know. If we were all sitting here, all three of us, and we had Mitch Trubisky on the phone right now, we would be saying, Mitch, you got to stay at North Carolina. Am I right? I absolutely. I push him in. Have you talked to anybody in the NFL, Todd, that has said he should come out? No, I've talked to a couple guys in the NFL earlier in the season that said this guy's he's he's legit. He's a he's a really good player. Don't know if he's elite, but he's a a really good player. Um, I have talked to somebody in the NFL who says I think people are going to overrate the experience factor and compare to Mark Sanchez, and he thinks he can come out. Yeah, I've, I've talked. I talked, like I said earlier in the season, a couple guys who, who thought he—he's a legitimate talent, legit, legitimately could be a first-round pick, and so I, I mean, and that was after probably eight games yeah. this season. So yeah, that, that, this is where Todd. I think you have to think about this because you did a lot of TV this week, and you did as well, and and we talked about a lot of this stuff. And yeah, you get back to if we look at Trubisky, and he has another big year next year. I think it's a crisis in college football with not developing quarterbacks, and that's a story for another day. There just aren't. Yep. And a lot of the great quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be thirty-five or older starting next yep. season. Okay, so no you got to really you got to replace these guys like Roethlisberger, Rivers, Eli, Romo, Carson Palmer, Drew Brees. Tom Brady's going to be 40 in August. we got to get some young studs coming in at quarterback, and they're not out there. To get to Trubisky, if he's going to be, and I don't know if you would agree with this, with another really good year at North Carolina, would he be the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft? He could be. Yeah. So now you're saying, Todd, if we know that, if you're a team and he comes, let's say he comes out, and you're a team and you say, okay, if he, with another year, he would be the number one pick possibly, and we can get him at 15, 18, 20, develop him, not worry about the media pressing us to play him, but just develop him, wouldn't that make some sense? If he's going to be in line to be the number one pick next year, why can't we get him in the middle of the first? Right. Right. And that, but, but the problem is this. Then that start with all the time between now and the draft. That's the thinking for okay. We're that's the thinking for a team like Kansas City at thirty, and then you start thinking it if you're a team like uh, Buffalo at fourteen, and then you start thinking it if you're Arizona at eleven, and then all of a sudden now we're talking about him going in the top four. And with the higher it rises, the more the pressure there is to play him. And now you. All of a sudden now, you wind up going in the top ten. Oh, this guy's got to play. He's got to play he's right Blake away. He's Bortles at that point. Right, and so you throw him out there, and he's not ready, and, yeah. and you're a team picking in the top ten with, so you don't have a good supporting cast around him and all these other things. Everyone's, oh, everyone missed on Dak Prescott. So did the Cowboys for two rounds, and they wanted two other guys. They wanted Lynch, and they wanted um, – who there's another quarterback that they, that they wanted over, over Dak Prescott. Connor before, Cook. Connor Cook, thank you, exactly. So, but if you put any of these guys, probably uh, take Goff out of the equation because Goff just, we knew he wasn't going to be ready and he wasn't and, and we're seeing it. But 
if you put Wentz in the in Dak Prescott situation, Wentz is having a monster year too. I agree. Guys, we've run through this first round. Let's take a quick break and then hit up a stack of mail. A lot of people have been reading Todd's mock, apparently. Some of it's even nice mail, but we will uh, hit that on the other side. <laughs> but first, a word from Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I got signed up for Blue Apron a few weeks ago, and the experience has been great. The meals are delicious, and it's been surprisingly fun to make the food with my family. And Blue Apron is a unique holiday gift. It's that time. Give someone you love the gift of great food this season. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they're going to make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash first draft. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash first draft. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. That sound is, of course, the sound of a bird tweeting. You put this behind it. Twitter, apparently. And it's our mailbag. Hashtag first draft if you want in on the next one. Uh, we got a stack here. I'm going to start with Todd because he's he's already, I can see, running his mind in circles around what the heck's going to happen with Mitch Trubisky. But there is a guy, another quarterback out there, that there's going to be a whole lot of talk about. These guys are going to be exhausted by the end of April. Calvin Sale at Null Set Match says... Can you see Deshaun Kaiser making a Carson Wentz-like rise pre-draft based on his physical attributes? Both of you guys have seen a, a bit of Deshaun. Both of you obviously know about those traits. What do you think? I mean, he he is seems like he's built for this process. Todd, why didn't you have him in the first yet? But you can see him there later, maybe. Nothing would shock me with quarterbacks. Yeah, he's big. He's got a strong arm. He's physically strong. He runs well for his size. He has played big in some big games. He has been up for the moment in some clutch situations. He makes some throws where you're like, wow, you know, he extends plays and makes some throws on the run and and does a lot of the things you look for, but there's a maturity level. That's not there yet. There's a, there's work to be done with his mechanics, with his consistency of his footwork, which leads to more consistency of accuracy. And he also, I think processes things. He's a very smart individual, very smart. I've sat with him a couple times. I've talked to people in that building. I know a lot about him. Highly intelligent young man. Got his head on his shoulders, all those sorts of things. But I don't think that he processes things in terms of his eyes going through progressions as quickly as he needs to. And that's why I really, really wish that he went back to school for another year. Now, you know, there are quarterback coaches out there that are going to work with them and say, man, there's a lot to work with here, and we can develop them. And, and 
you know, it'll, it will start to heat up, I'm sure, as we get closer. But um, I would have a hard time, certainly in the first half of the first round, pulling the trigger on him. But it won't surprise me at all if Deshaun Kaiser winds up as a first round pick. You know about Mel? You can take this one. Nate Reynolds at Midway Nate. We know who we're talking about. Another quarterback here who at one time had a first round grade, but we did not see it this year, did not progress. Will Deshaun Watson project as a top five pick in a franchise QB at some point? This offseason, we see quarterbacks rise. We see the buzz happen. Teams bring him in. Is is he another one of those guys that can bounce back? You know, I think bouncing back and getting that bump is happening. I think the last two games of the regular season certainly helped uh, the South Carolina game and then the uh, the Virginia Tech game. Uh, if he plays well against uh, Ohio State and then possibly Alabama, if not Washington. Uh, but I think the next couple games, if he does well in the Final Four, then all of a sudden does he become like a Vince Young, got that big bump up, you know, taking out USC. Okay, And then you look at Dak Prescott in the fourth round, what he's been able to do. And you see Deshaun Watson wearing that number four. Prescott's wearing we're 15, now he wears that number four. Are there going to be similarities drawn there? Are they going to get a bump for that? Uh, yeah, I think you know Watson, the next two games are going to determine his fate because he did not play like a first-round quarterback up until late in the year, and he benefited from having Mike Williams back. And now there's some intrigue there. Kaiser, I watched every game. I watched him like you guys watched Ohio State. and Chris watches uh, Sproul Ohio State over and over. I watched Notre Dame over and over. And I kept waiting to see that light go on and say, okay, for me to say he's got top ten. He's 6'4 and changed 230. He runs well. He's mobile, athletic. He's all that. But they look like a first-round quarterback at any point this year. No, he didn't. No. He didn't. And are you going to say, well, we're going to take, is he going to become E.J. Manuel? Is he going to be pushed all the way up there? We've seen all these quarterbacks at this major, major bump up because they're quarterbacks and they have physical ability. And there's no question that Kaiser has great physical ability. I think that's going to be a tough call. I wouldn't. Well, somebody maybe. Deshaun Watson, we won't know until the next game or two, hopefully, for them are played. All right, here we go. Devin Jones at Devin of the Year. I like that handle. Todd, between Williams, Mike Williams we're talking about, John Ross, Washington, and Corey Davis, who, Mel, can we say Todd hates him now? Has he no. even put him in the first Underrating round? him, sure. I would say. Underrating him for now. Okay. Corey Davis. I think you're, I think you're overrated. Who is, the best, who is the best fit for the Titans at wide receiver? Obviously wants another weapon for Marcus Mariota. We know Kendall Wright's down there, but not a whole heck of a lot else. Tajay Sharp showed some promise. Tajay Sharp yeah, did, did show some promise, but which but Mike, uh, I think Mike Williams would be great there. Yeah, I, I think it's hard I, to get there. Yeah, exactly. He, he's he's big. He's physical. Does a great job when the ball's in the air. He's a worker. Uh, I think you know of all the the really talented wide receivers that have come out of there. I, I think he has a chance to be the best. What do you think, Mel? Next question. Oh, next question. Just kicking that one. Uh, oh, man, this is going to get Mel just going off. Uh-oh. Ready? Yeah. Holden Kaywood at Holden P.I. With such heavy focus in the NFL on O-line play, why aren't there more great college prospects? It's just kind of a down year, but he's yeah. got a point. Yeah, this is John Gruden's pet peeve that they're all you know, they're all backing off. There's nobody exploding. Two point stance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're all catching. They're not driving. They're catching. And, yeah, I look at Ramchick, the same thing. Is that too high for Ryan Ramchick? I didn't see him play like a top 15 pick. But, hey, does he have ability? Yeah. Can he move defenders? Yeah. Is he okay in pass protection? Yeah. Uh, Cam Robinson will be a right tackle. He would certainly fit what the Colts need opposite Costanzo. So, yeah, Garrett Bowles at Utah. McGlinchey, you mentioned Orlando Brown, a third-year sophomore at Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma. Deion Dawkins, I think, is a little underrated at Temple. Uh, so I think you look at, at, at some guys that can get it done from the second, third-round area. But it, you, same thing with quarterbacks. This is a year where we're not getting the offensive linemen, the tackles. We don't, we don't see a, a really – do you see a left tackle – that you're, and no. It doesn't even matter now because pass rushers are both sides. Left tackle, right tackle, whatever. you got to protect the quarterback. But I think you could maybe only have, I'd say, I think after all said and done, we'll have three offensive tackles in the first round. Yeah, I, I think right around there. I, and if, if it was only two, I wouldn't be stunned. But I, I would guess three and, and no, I'd be shocked if it's more than four. This, that's one of my favorite parts of uh, the draft. You guys are in the room. Before, before the draft every year is when you start – looking at the offensive lineman, and Gruden's like, I didn't see one of these guys hit anybody all year. I watched 10 games. None. Uh, let's see. One more. Oh, this is fun. What, you want to share with us? Yeah. Here we go. Good. Andrew Kerrigan. Add Andrew Kerrigan 13. Basically, we're looking for this next running back. Fournette, Cook, McCaffrey. Uh, and then, obviously... You know, we've had four in the first round now. Who who's that next tier? He's essentially asking. He asks about Corey Clement, but who else? If there's four in the first round, there must be. It, is there a drop off? Who are the next you know group of running backs we're looking at? I think, I think Wayne Gallman from um, from Clemson. Clemson would be on that list. I think you know Clement is probably going to be more of a, a mid rounder. I think Samaj P. Ryan, I'm not sure if he's decided to come out or not. He's had injuries coming out of Oklahoma. Nick Chubb, I'm not sure what his, his deal is. He had injuries, obviously, at, at Georgia. Um, he's going to go back. Chubb said he, he is. He's going back. Okay, yep. good. Uh, I like you know James Conner. Uh, we have to talk about from, from Pittsburgh, his great about, story. about he, Matt he, Days, Todd, NC State? I was just, yeah, he was the next guy on the list. Matt Days, who I, I loved what I saw from him against Clemson in the game to NC State should have, could have won had they made that uh, basic, essentially an extra point field goal attempt at the end of the game. But D.J. Pumphrey, really like D.J. Pumphrey. He's undersized, about 5'8", 170 pounds, but got quickness, speed, versatility, can catch the ball, return specialist. Uh, Royce Freeman, I never was overly high on. I'm not sure if he's going back to school or not. Davion Smith is a pounder from Michigan. Um, Jalen Hurd had the, the issues that um, – at Tennessee, but has, has some ability as well. So How about Wadley at Iowa? Yeah, you know, I, I've got to do some more work on him. Because he's a guy that's getting a lot of buzz right now. But I, I have not – I've done some. I like I like what I saw from him in the game, one game we had of him this year against Wisconsin, I think it was. Uh, but I have, I've got to do a little bit more work on him. Well, here's one more, Mel. What about uh, Joe Mixon from Oklahoma? Oklahoma. If he is in yep. the picture, uh, you know – I. You hate to get too bogged down in it, but there's a there's some off field issues, the kind of thing that affected a guy like Tyreek Hill last year. Tyreek Hill, different type of player, but obviously having a huge impact. At some point, teams have to roll that dice. Is Joe Mixon the type of guy that could go a little bit earlier? Yeah, I mean, supremely talented. I mean, what he did late in the year was pretty remarkable. I mean, Joe Mixon, what a player he is, what a talent. We knew that coming out, yeah. what kind of talent he has. He got to do due diligence on all these guys with him that may have an issue beyond the football field, but certainly on ability, uh, he would be right up there with the best in this draft, with Fournette, with Cook, with Foreman. There's no doubt about that. Joe Mixon has supreme talent. Uh, so that, that that would not be a surprise if, in fact, he was uh, he ended up uh, you know being you know, graded out uh, with those top elite running backs. Mel, last question is for you. Where did Todd just flat out blow it with his first mock? 
the you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's too early. First of all, we don't even know what, what underclassmen are definitely coming out. I'm just starting out. a fire. Yeah, I know, but you know, say, we're, I mean, I always already said I think Reuben Foster is the third best player in this draft, and to get him yeah. at 11 would be a great pick for somebody. Uh, I think Ramchick a little high, but hey, he's, he's, you know, he's a left tackle. He can be a right tackle. But I think Trubisky at 30, I still believe, and I know you know, Bill Polian said you can't do it. Bill said I wouldn't take a guy with only 13 career starts in the first round because of that whole Parcells thing. And ironically, Parcells would cost him at Miami was not taking Matt Ryan, but wait until the second round to take a veteran like Chad Henney. So for this whole philosophy, it's a guy who made a mistake, of course. Nothing's perfect. No philosophy is perfect. No philosophy is 100% correct. But I think when you look at experience for Trubisky, yeah, it's a negative. It's a negative. But I do think he goes in. If he did come out, I do think somebody would stretch it and take him in the top 15. On a high note, though, we can say that Matt Ryan was, I believe, McShay's highest rated prospect ever until Andrew Luck. So basically, Todd is smarter than Bill Parcells. That's a great way to end this thing. It's a great way to end it. Mel, Todd, we're not going to do this again until 2017. At that point, we'll have a few bowl games down. Cougs might have a holiday bowl win if there's anybody to play them. Uh, <laughs> Calvin and, Hall will play them. Yeah, oh, we'll send them oh, down. Geez. It only took 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will have uh, we'll have some bowl games under our belt. A little bit more to talk about, and we'll we'll be getting really close to that point where we have a really good handle on who is all in the draft. Mid January, we know, and then Mock uh, 1.0 from Kuiper has to come out, and he has to take uh, his share of the blame and get those phone calls. So anyway, um, that's first draft for 2016. Todd survived a season of this, Mel. I thought we'd get him like once. Amazing, I know, incredible. Uh, Just we, stepping up for you too. Yeah, we will do. Uh, we will do it again. And Merry Christmas, everybody. We will do it again yeah. after the Happy uh, holidays to all. The holidays, and let's just seven degrees in Boston today, Mel. Seven degrees. I know. Fifteen in Baltimore. Nice. Just, just, just keep, uh, just keep pounding that vitamin water, Todd, and get geared up for the uh, get geared up for the next five months. But uh, first draft, that's it. Keep sending mail for the next time, and uh, we'll do it again. Again, if you want to uh, find a reason to be angered, hop on ESPN.com. Go through Todd McShay's first mock draft 1.0. It's up, and uh, we'll do it again later. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.